When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome into another episode of the Wolverine Live Recruiting Show. I'm your host, EJ Holland. We'll let people funnel in here. As always, i uh, love to get to your questions and interact with you guys. Um, we're running a new promotion over at thewolverine.com right now. So if you subscribe, you uh, only pay $10 and you get an entire year's subscription. Well, maybe not a full year, but all the way up until next football season. So $10 gets you premium insider information to all your latest recruiting information, team information, basketball seasons right around the corner. Uh, so again, the promo is $10 until next football season. All you have to do is head over to the Wolverine.com and subscribe right now. As always, guys, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is completely free. Um, the more, uh, likes we get, the more, uh, it helps the algorithm, the more monetization we're able to get, the more travel budget, uh, I'm able to get to travel around and see recruits. And if you guys are, uh, willing, you can drop a super chat and uh, that helps, again, support our travel budget so I can travel around and see different prospects around the country. If you do drop a super chat, your question will be answered first, immediately, right away, in-depth answer uh, if you drop a super chat. And last house cleaning item before we get to questions which are already coming in. Um, this will be a bit of a shorter show than usual. I am traveling tomorrow instead of on Friday, so a short week for me. Uh, so we'll be cutting the show in half. So hope to get to all your questions. Uh, might not get to all of them, so drop your super chat. All right, let's go ahead and go to the first one. And this comes from Darren Harvey, who submitted his questions like five minutes before the show started. So shout out to you, man. Um with Chris Peel trending to Georgia and Jair Hill's roller coaster recruitment, will Michigan land any defensive backs in the 2023 recruiting class? Um, so, Chris Peel announced his decision date of October 23rd today. So, that is this weekend. He is set to make a decision. Right now, all the picks still on Georgia. My picks still on Georgia at this time. But uh peel hasn't told michigan no they are still trying there uh obviously they have strong connections at providence day uh former michigan wolverine jonathan goodwin is an assistant on the providence day staff um and they've done a really good job of recruiting peel remember michigan wasn't really considered a major contender for peel early in the process before um they really started to make a run in the summer, got him on campus, 
um, for an unofficial visit, got him back on campus for an official visit in September. So I think this is very much a Georgia-Michigan battle. Um, I think the big thing or the big difference between Michigan and Georgia right now uh, that would give Michigan an advantage is Georgia has a loaded secondary class with uh, with a few cornerbacks already committed that are highly touted. Michigan obviously has no cornerback commits, and there's a need. I mean, you look at the roster right now, DJ Turner, Jamon Green, likely not back next season. That leaves you with Will Johnson as the only corner with actual experience. And then you have Jaden McBurrows, uh, who's coming off an injury and is, is just starting to get going. So, yeah, I mean, there's a need for a corner. Uh, there's an open spot for corner. Um, so I think that's a big selling point for Peel. And uh, when you're this close to a decision, which Peel has always targeted late October for a decision, you kind of know where you're leaning. But if you haven't informed the schools of your decision, that does leave the door a little bit open. And then on top of that, he was slated to visit Georgia last weekend, didn't make the trip to Athens. So gives even more of a glimmer of hope. Again, I still think Georgia is the leader going into the weekend. But Michigan, as you guys know, has been able to pull rabbits out of its hats on the recruiting trail over the last couple of cycles. Uh, I think they are still alive with Peel. They're uh, they're definitely, you know, getting some oxygen, but they're still alive with Peel. And, and in terms of Jair Hill, um, Jair Hill obviously was on campus this weekend. For those of you guys that don't know, an on 300 prospect out of Kankakee, Illinois. Uh, Hill is uh, one of the best athletes in the country, runs in the 10 sevens in the 100 meters, a legit six foot two, uh, about 170 pounds, has been torn between Michigan and Illinois, which is why Darren is calling it. Um, a roller coaster recruitment. It really has been up and down and all over the place. Um, coming out of the visit, I think uh, we've we've received a lot of positive vibes. Hill gave me a great interview. Um, I talked to his mom after the game, and she seems a little bit more excited about Michigan. Uh, obviously, a lot of buzz there that she preferred. Illinois. Um, so I think Klinkscale, Michigan's co-defensive coordinator, Steve Klinkscale and Michigan's defensive coordinator, uh, Jesse Minter have done a really good job of recruiting both Peel and Hill. But, uh, you know, I still think Hill's recruitment is a bit of a toss up. There's no exact decision date at this time. Um, I know Jair has been trying to get it done at some point this fall and it just hasn't happened. So, We'll see how uh, deep that one runs to. And, uh, you know, in terms of the actual question, will Michigan land any DBs? Um, Peel and Hill are by far the top targets at the corner position. Uh, the Wolverines have not given up on Florida commit Aaron Gates. Um, I know it seemed like his commitment grew stronger with Florida this summer, he uh, opted to visit Florida instead of Michigan for the barbecue at the big house. He returned to Florida earlier this fall, and it seemed like uh, it was time to wave the white flag. It really did. I, you know, I even wrote it looks like Gates is definitely going to uh, stick with Florida. And uh, and you see Jesse Arola actually asked this question. Florida picked up two visas, two DBs this past week. Do you think? we can get gates to flip. Um, not only that, Florida is still very much 
in the mix with Cormani McLean, who is set to make a decision five-star corner um, out of the state of Florida. So, yeah, I mean, look, Gates has always flirted with Michigan. He made it to the spring game in the offseason. He came back in the summer for an official visit. At one point, I was very optimistic uh, that he was going to flip to Michigan. I even have a flip pick in uh, for Gates to land at Michigan. He's a Michigan type of kid. He goes to a high academic high school. Uh, he's formed a really good relationship with Klingscale and Minter. Minter will be seeing him um, later this week. He's been the number one priority as a nickel. Um, he can play some safety. He can play some corner, but he's been the guy at the nickel position. And the fact that Michigan's seeing him this week, the fact that Florida continues to load up on DBs, the door's open there with Gates again. So, uh, you know, we, we've seen this movie before. We saw it last cycle where Michigan feels really good about a guy. Uh, he kind of trends away for a little bit, and then the Wolverines are able to make a late surge. And I think that's what's happening with Gates. I think everything is lining up perfectly for Michigan to make a late surge with Aaron Gates and potentially flip him from the Gators. Uh, one thing to note with Aaron Gates is I was actually planning to go out and, and watch him play uh, here in the next week or two, but he uh, did suffer a torn ACL and is currently rehabbing from that. So thoughts with Aaron Gates, let's go ahead and get to um, our next question. And this comes from Jesse Ariola, who also asked about Chris Peel. So hopefully that answered your Chris Peel question, but he also asked with Georgia taking a quarterback, are we looking good for Jaden Davis? Um, yeah, so Georgia took its 2024 quarterback commit, uh, Ryan Puglisi, uh, who rose up from a three-star prospect to a top 100 prospect in the latest on three 2024 rankings. So uh, definitely not a slouch there for Georgia at the quarterback position. Uh, but that definitely does help Michigan with its pursuit of Jaden Davis. Um, like we've mentioned, uh, it seemed like Georgia for – you know, its own reasons favored uh, Puglisi over Davis. They did bring in Davis for an unofficial visit, but then quickly accepted Puglisi's commitment. So in terms of other contenders in this recruitment, Davis is at Penn State this weekend for the whiteout. He was obviously at Clemson not too long ago. And I think those are probably the biggest uh, contenders right now. Alabama is still evaluating Davis along with a couple of other quarterbacks. If Alabama makes a big push for Davis, then, you know, that'll be a team to watch. But right now he's in tier one for them, but uh, also in the mix with some other quarterbacks. I think Clemson right now is the biggest threat. Uh, North Carolina, you see there on the recruiting prediction machine, also kind of in there, they hosted him. Uh, for an unofficial visit this fall as well. But Clemson, I think, is the biggest threat. Um, he had a great visit there. He's bonded extremely well with that coaching staff. I feel like, um, you know, with Clemson, though, they they aren't taking the Michigan approach of, hey, you're our number one guy for sure. I mean, Clemson is still recruiting DJ Lagway, who has an argument as the number one quarterback in this class out of Texas. So Michigan is still taking that approach. Hey, you're our guy. You're our number one dude. We're not recruiting any other guys, um, or at least we're not offering any other guys. You're 
the one we're focusing on. He is set to get back on campus for the game against Michigan State next weekend. Um, so Michigan will have another chance to close and really make its push for Jaden Davis. Remember, Michigan had Isaac Wilson on campus and on 300 quarterback out of Utah, uh, brother of NFL quarterback Zach Wilson. And Michigan did not offer. I mean, it's Wednesday. The visit took place Saturday and no offer came from the visit. So that should tell you that Michigan is still all in on Jaden Davis. So we'll see how uh, next weekend's visit goes. If Davis continues to bulk at making a decision, if he's waiting to see what Clemson does, if he's waiting to see what Alabama does. I mean, that's really the only reason why he hasn't committed to Michigan, right? Or at least that's what you have to assume considering Michigan has done everything possible from making him the only guy to hosting him on a number of different visits to having uh, personal conversations with Jim Harbaugh, film breakdowns with Matt Weiss. I mean, Michigan has rolled out the maze and blue carpet on several occasions. If they do not close with him um, this coming weekend, then, you know, I think we have to sit back and wait and see what Clemson and Alabama do. Um Let's see. Let's uh, uh, we have a shout out from a member here, Blue Monster, who's one of our uh, renowned members over on the Fort message board at the Wolverine, who says the investment to the Wolverine is a no brainer. Just do it. Thank you, uh, Blue Monster. And yes, if you missed it at the top of the show, um, the Wolverine is just ten dollars until next football season. You can sign up right now remember we are doing a shorter show this week we're only going to go about 15 more minutes because i will be traveling tomorrow so if you uh want your question answered for sure and want an in-depth answer then uh make sure to drop a super chat that money definitely helps with my travel budget getting around and seeing recruits for you guys um Let's go down to Tyler Butosh, and he asked Nicholas Harbor update. Um, not a lot of movement with Nicholas Harbor. Look, um, the thing with Nick is he's taking his time with the recruiting process. He plays a lot of Saturday games as well for his high school team. Um, and we're talking about Nicholas Harbor, five-star, number one athlete in the country out of Washington, D.C., Archbishop Carroll. Um Harbor, since he does have those games on Saturdays, it's hard for him to go out and make official visits during the fall. He has three remaining. He took an official visit to South Carolina and to Michigan last month. Um, he does plan to take one to LSU in December. I would expect Georgia to get a visit, Miami to get a visit. So that, that would be the three to round out. Maryland's still kind of in there, but I'm not you know sure he would use a visit on Maryland since it's so close by. Um, but I think those are the schools still very much in the mix. Uh, not again, not a lot has changed with Harbor. His official visit in, in September went great. He had a great time meeting with the football staff. He had a great time meeting with the track staff. I actually just put up a story on the Wolverine, uh, about Michigan's women's track star, uh, Zaya Holman really working to help the Wolverines recruit Harbor. Uh, she is a friend of Harbor, uh, dating back to her time in high school. Uh, they ran on the same track. And so you can go read over, read that over at the uh, Wolverine.com. Um, but yeah, Ron Bellamy, Michigan's DMP area recruiter who has really been taking 
a lead on this recruitment uh, was in Washington, D.C. yesterday and did see Nicholas Harbour. Those two have developed a really strong relationship. Harbour is also um, fond of head coach Jim Harbaugh. Um, Grant Newsom, Michigan's tight ends coach, Mike Elston, Michigan's defensive line coach. So he has good relationships across the board, but Bellamy has really taken the lead here and is, is really making a big impression on Harbor. And like I said, was on the road, uh, seeing him yesterday. Um, I, I still think Michigan has, uh, some momentum here, especially coming out of those two official visits. I think South Carolina was a little too optimistic heading into their visit. I, 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 believe the South Carolina buzz. I still think they're right up there as well. Uh, but they obviously had a dreadful performance when he was there. Um, Michigan checks a lot of boxes for him. He loves the NFL development. He loves the relationship aspect, the family vibe. He has family in the Detroit Metro area, the academics huge for him and his family. Uh, this is a kid that has a 4.0 GPA whose father works for NASA. His mother's a pharmacist. So the academics are really important to him. And that's where Michigan has an advantage over a South Carolina or an LSU. Um, the biggest thing here is the track program. I mean, Michigan traditionally doesn't have a super amazing track program. Um, the climate isn't favorable. Obviously, there are harsh winters in the Midwest. So that's a big selling point for all the SEC schools, but I think with Harbor, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. We're going to have to wait and see what happens over the next few months. Um, Shane Johnson, shout out to Shane Johnson. I, I mean, I wish we had a, a siren here. Woo we have a super chat. Uh, Shane Johnson says, EJ, uh, seen you on the field in my first row end zone during the game. Next time I will holler for a photo. 19 of 21 wins and our 23 classes in the 20s. Why? Uh, so so shout out to Shane Johnson. If you were the guy in the uh, in the shark hat, hoodie, whatever, um, shout out to you, man. Uh, appreciate the love. If you weren't, I still appreciate the love. And thanks for the $5 super chat. Um, like I said, guys, shorter show today. If you want your questions answered for sure, make sure to drop a super chat. The money goes towards my travel budget. Um, as to why Michigan is struggling with the 2023 recruiting class. There are various factors here. Um, I think you have to go back to the off season. Uh, Michigan was coming off a college football playoff appearance, uh, riding on top of the world. I remember I was, I got on a plane to Orlando right after Michigan, um, you know, had, had played Georgia in the college football playoff. And even though they lost, you know, you could tell that things around the program were different. The momentum was there. I got on a plane to Orlando. I went down to see Raylan Wilson, who was a top 100 linebacker committed to the Wolverines at the time and is now committed to Georgia. Um, but I remember going down to see Raylan and being like, man, these are the guys that Michigan's going to start to land. They're going to land Raylan Wilson level guys. Um, they're going to keep the momentum rolling. I remember a lot of Florida prospects were really high on Michigan, and it was just super exciting to be covering Michigan at that time. And it only lasted for a few weeks because the offseason got really chaotic, right? Uh, Jim Harbaugh flirted with the NFL, and he didn't just flirt with the NFL. It wasn't like there were – 
uh, you know, a few rumors and then it was over. I mean, he flirted with the NFL for a long time and during an important time. Uh, so in January and into February, heading into the late signing period, um, that the 2023 class, I'm sorry, the 2022 class was mostly wrapped up at that point. Uh, but it was a, a great time to start building relationships with the underclassmen, with getting guys on campus, seeing guys on the road. That was the um, contact period uh, where Jim Harbaugh was going around to different schools and seeing kids. And the question was always, are you going to be here? Are you going to be here? As opposed to, hey, we just made it to the college football playoff. We just beat Ohio State. We just won a Big Ten title. It was, are you going to be here? And that lasted for a long time. It wasn't just a short period of time. It lasted for a while. And so while that was going on, I think it gave other schools a better opportunity uh, to negative recruit against Michigan and to build relationships. And then you look at the staff as a whole, um, there were a lot of changes. You lost both your offensive coordinator and your defensive coordinator. You had assistants leave. You had new assistants come in. You had assistants switch positions. You had Ron Bellamy go from coaching uh, safeties to wide receivers. You had Jay Harbaugh uh, move over to coaching safeties to replace Bellamy. Like There were just a lot of uh, changes uh, for the coaching staff and the guys that they were recruiting. Um Courtney Morgan uh, was the leader of the recruiting department. He left to Washington and uh, took a fellow staffer with him. The recruiting department uh, got an entire, you know, revamp. And now Albert Karsnia is in that role, who uh, is known as a really hard uh, worker and grinder, but might not have the uh, personal recruiting acumen of a guy like Courtney Morgan. So I still think they haven't quite replaced what, uh, Courtney brought to that position. So, you know, you had so many changes, the recruiting department, the coaching staff, the Harbaugh situation, that all, you know, in itself is a lot to get over, uh, which again, lasted for several months. The, the coaching movement, the Harbaugh rumors uh, took a long time to get sorted out. Um, so on top of all of that, right. And you look at a guy like Jair Hill is a perfect example. He visited Michigan during the height of the Harbaugh rumors, and that's why his mom got a sour taste in her mouth. Um, the guy that identified him was um, Courtney Morgan, who's gone. Uh, the guy that started leading his recruitment was Ron Bellamy, who moved over to offense. So, you know, recruiting is still a relationships business, right? Like recruiting still based around relationships at its core. I know, and we'll get into the other stuff right now, but at its core, it's a relationships business. And when you don't have those early relationships, you suffer later on, you put yourself in a hole that you have to climb out of. Now, Michigan did that last cycle. Can they do that this cycle? We'll see. Uh, winning can cure all, but in this case, um, I'm not sure Michigan will finish in the top 10 like they did last year. In fact, it looks pretty unlikely. Um, on top of all those changes and the hardball stuff, you had the rise of NIL and, uh, Michigan is still trying to figure out the best way to navigate those lines. Um, you know, they're not doing what a school like Tennessee is doing or Texas A&M or Miami or Oregon. And that's why battles with those schools have been extremely difficult. You know, Michigan can win on the field all day long. But if those recruits are ga getting guaranteed NIL deals up front, 
and there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, Michigan was in the lead for a couple of guys that ended up committing to those schools that just abruptly picked those schools. So I don't think Michigan has adapted well to the NIL landscape. Um, I think they've done a great job with getting guys on the, on the team paid for sure. I think Valiant has a lot of great ideas. Uh, they, they've done a good job again with the guys on the team, uh, not only in the football team, the basketball team, creating opportunities for them. Um, but at the end of the day, when we're looking at recruiting, it's, it's definitely not the same. You can see there's a big, uh, contrast even between, um, Michigan and Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State obviously having a poor season, but has a higher ranked recruiting class. So I think the rise of NIL and not adapting to it uh, has hurt Michigan as well as the um, offseason drama. If Michigan, so there's a lot of ifs, if Michigan can keep the staff as is next offseason with maybe one or two changes, if they can add to the recruiting department and bring in another guy to help Karsnia, um, if there are no Jim Harbaugh runer, rumors, if they uh, continue to win like they are winning, then yes, I think the opportunity is there for a top five class. I thought there was an opportunity there for a top five class last year, uh, but you had all of that movement. You had the NIL factor. Um, so we'll see how things kind of play out next cycle. I mean, you already have quite a few 2024 recruits that are really high level prospects interested in Michigan. Will they close with them? Will they adapt to NIL? Will they keep the staff the same? Will we avoid the hardball rumors? I feel like Michigan is Michigan's worst enemy on the recruiting trail. All right, let's get into some other questions. Like I said, guys, it is going to be a shorter show. If you have a super chat, we will answer that first. Your money goes towards my travel budget, which is great. So I can go around the country and see recruits and give you the latest intel and evaluation notes. Um, I think I answered that question uh, for some other questions. Let's go ahead and go to uh, Newber. He says, oh, sorry about that, Newber. Do you think Santa Ono, uh, Michigan's new president, will help with more NIL initiatives next year? Uh, so I had a chance to uh, see Santa Ono on the sidelines at Michigan's uh, game this past weekend. Uh, it was really cool to see. I saw the student section started up a cheer for him. The uh, you know, regular fans seemed really, really excited about him. He was super interactive on the sidelines with uh, several alumni and uh, some of the 97 team and just random people that I didn't know who they were. Uh, he was taking selfies, taking videos of the players working out. You could tell he was really excited to be in Michigan Stadium on the field for such a big game. Uh, so our Chris Ballas, our, our great team writer, has uh, reported that Santa Ono is very pro athletics. I think Santa Ono is going to do everything in his power to make sure that Michigan is catching up at the very least on the NIL front. I do think you'll see him roll out some more NIL initiatives, but again, uh, there's only so much you can do in terms of recruiting NIL as opposed to team NIL. I think the stuff they are doing with the guys on the team is perfectly fine. Um, if you're going to do recruiting NIL, that means um, 
playing in some gray areas. Now, is is Santa Ono going to make the push for them to do that? I don't know. That uh, that's way above uh, everybody's pay grade. We'll we'll see kind of how that shakes out. But I do think it is positive that Santa Ono is so pro athletics that he's so excited to be at Michigan that he's really really embracing um, his new role. So I think he will help as much as he can help. Um, let's go ahead and go down to, um, let's see. We have uh, Oronde Stokes who has a long question. He says, EJ, what is going on with our ranking and recruiting? How are we top four in the country and on TV every week? This is ridiculous and embarrassing. We are going up against schools such as South Carolina. I, I wouldn't diss South Carolina, man. They're actually uh, doing a good job with NIL and they put together a nice little recruiting staff. I like some of their um, recruiters, but you know, I gave that long-winded answer right now. I just think, again, it comes down to relationships and, and with NIL. Let's go down to David Wright. Um, what linebackers do, do we have a chance with? So does Michigan have a chance with? Um, well, they were supposed to get Arian Carter on campus this weekend. They did not. It looks like they are slowly uh, slipping away out of the race for the four-star linebacker out of Tennessee. Um, you have Hayden Moore, who is currently committed to Nebraska. They've been talking to him. He could potentially uh, be a guy that visits, but just uh, linebacker board, man, it's tough. Uh, there are a lot of 24s that I like uh, that Michigan is in on early. Aaron Childs, an on 300 prospect out of only good counsel in the DMV. Absolutely love him. Uh, Chris Jones, another on 300 prospect out of the DMV. I uh, really like him as well. He was on campus last month. Um, you know, in state, you have Jeremiah Beasley, who's been on campus uh, on several occasions. There are quite a few 24 linebackers that have made it to campus for visits, but 23, man, just looks uh, barren, which is disappointing. Um, let's go down to Jesse Ariola who says David Hobbs commits the day before the Ohio state game, November 25th, anything else we can do to land him any more visits from him. So Hobbs five-star defensive lineman out of the Carolinas uh, was on campus for an unofficial visit not too long ago, named Michigan in his top six today. As of right now, I am not expecting Hobbs to be back for another visit. As far as what Michigan can do, get him back for another visit. Um, his decision date is only a month away. I think if the Wolverines have any chance here uh, for David Hobbs, again, the five-star defensive lineman uh, from Concord, North Carolina, uh, they have to absolutely get him back, back on campus and get him to experience a game in the big house. Remember, he did make an unofficial this fall, but it was like on a Sunday, so he didn't see anything. Um, I mean, he sat down with Harbaugh and met with the staff and all that good stuff, but he didn't see what it was really like uh, to be at Michigan for a game day. Right now, I think Tennessee is the leader with um, Alabama probably second. So this one, um, a bit of an uphill battle. Uh, guys, we have reached the 30-minute marker. Like I said, this week's going to be a little bit of a shorter show. We'll probably only go... Uh, a few more minutes. So if you want your question answered, make sure to send a super chat and we will get to that first. Uh, Devon Robinson has sent a 199 super chat, but we can't see his question. So uh, Devon, if you have a question, please submit it. We do appreciate 
the super chat. Um, maybe our producer Matt can uh, communicate with him. But let's go ahead and go down to uh, next question in order. Uh, this comes from Shadyville 03. With the way we run the ball, should there be more of a focus on bigger body to wide receivers? Your Darius Clemens types, larger receivers are also more effective in the red zone. So, yeah, Michigan did take a look at some bigger receivers early on. They liked a guy like Nathan Leacock, who ended up committing to Tennessee. They explored Balik Elzey out of Chicago, who uh, actually just uh, backed out of his pledge to Cincinnati. Um, I think next cycle is a much stronger year for wide receiver in general. Um, so I think they're definitely going to go after some of those bigger bodies uh, next cycle. I think this cycle, it's a little late in the game. Um, the guys that are there right now at the top of the board, like uh, Jaron Hamilton and Carmelo English aren't necessarily those big body types. I think, Michigan was really banking on Kenyon Sadiq out of Idaho. He would have been that big body type, but obviously he picked um, Oregon. And like I mentioned at the top of the show, the NIL Ducks are very difficult to beat on the trail. Um, (laughs) Let's go to uh, Hugh. Uh, who asked, <laughs> I guess we'll leave his name up there. Who cares? Uh, where is Chris Peel headed in your opinion? Like I said earlier, Michigan is still battling. Um, I think right now I would go with Georgia. I have a pick in for Georgia. Georgia makes the most sense, but he hasn't told Michigan no. And uh, Michigan always does a good job of finding ways to surprise people. Um. Let's go down to uh, Aronde Stokes. He He's angry today, so hopefully Aronde gets some hugs. Um, but all this silent commitment to our team is played out, and they announce their commitments. What are they running around just collecting from collection plates? Okay, I think Aronde, uh, in his angry rage, is asking, Michigan has gotten some silent commits this cycle, and then – these recruits turn around and commit elsewhere with what's happening. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no way around it. I mean, if you're a silent commit, you're not really a commit. And even if you're a verbal commit, you're not really a commit. Um, if somebody comes around with an NIL offer that can change things dramatically. And I think we've seen that this cycle more than any cycle with the rise of NIL is just, Hey, if, if school X comes and they're willing to, you know, offer you a guaranteed deal, then yeah, I mean, things can, can change on a dime. Uh, let's go rapid fire. A few more questions. Like I said, if you have a super chat, we'll get to that immediately. Um, let's go ahead and go to uh, Scott Knapp. He says, any chance of flipping any players from teams that are struggling in the win column? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, uh, you know, Notre Dame obviously is not doing so hot on the field. They're coming off another loss. I think, um, you could see a Notre Dame commit or two uh, on campus at some point. You look at Oklahoma, they're a dumpster fire. I think re-exploring uh, Jacoby Johnson is definitely worth it as well. Um, let's go ahead and go down to uh, Mike G, who just gives a shout out. Um, thank you, Mike G. Appreciate you. Um, we answered your question earlier uh, about Jaden Davis. Uh, yes, I do think um, 
the Georgia taking Ryan Puglisi uh, helps Michigan with Jaden Davis. Um, let's see if there's anything uh, else down here. We'll just run through these questions. Um, Shadyville 03 says, should there be any concern that Alabama and Georgia aren't pushing for Davis? And not necessarily. I mean, those are the two, two of the uh, best programs in the country, obviously. I mean, we've talked about Davis before. There are some concerns just with his height. Um, he's right at about six foot, six foot and a half. Um, accuracy issues, only completing a little more than 50% of passes last year, but has taken a step in that department this year. Uh, more control issues in terms of, you know, sailing passes or throwing balls in the dirt. Needs to have a little bit more touch, but still think he's a high-level quarterback, and obviously Michigan uh, does as well. Uh, looks like we had a ton of other questions, guys. So um, sorry I did not get to all of them tonight. Uh, we did have to cut this show a little um, a little short today. I will be traveling tomorrow. I will be traveling. If you want to sneak in a Super Chat, you can right now. But I will be traveling tomorrow, heading out to a game, uh, heading out to a game on Friday as well, uh, seeing two Michigan commits this week. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at EJ Holland on three for some live videos from those games. You can subscribe to the Wolverine.com uh, for more in-depth takes and evaluation notes after those game, uh, those games. And you can subscribe right now to the Wolverine.com. Um, $10 until next football season. It's a great deal. So take advantage of it. Now drop a like at this video to 500 likes, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is completely free. Like I said, guys, I am, um, Sorry I didn't get to all your questions tonight, just limited on time. I usually always do, uh, but we'll make sure to get back uh, back next week and answer all of your questions then. Thanks to those that submitted the Super Chat. Like I said, it helps with our travel budget. Hope all of you all have a great night.